coming up on Just Elders Podcast. The views, opinions of this podcast reflect no one except myself. Yes, it's a play on words. Wall Street juniors, people think, oh, you're just teaching people the stock market. No, I'm teaching people that you invest into your mind and your heart, and then you start investing into your pockets. Boom. Dope. So why why Atlanta? What made you so... (laughs) Um, I love when people ask me this. You know how when you're in like elementary school and they say, "Where do you want to be in five years?" Well, I thought my I want to be Atlanta. <laughs> right, right. Um, when people ask me how you doing, bigger blessings, bigger demons. So my dad is the scientist. He likes to read. He likes to research. Um, all of those things. So I definitely know that that's where my analytic part comes from. His name Keith. Um, his name's Steve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we ain't asking you to do it for free either. We're gonna pay you. Mm. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when people say you're I'm a born leader. You're not. You're a leader based on the obstacles that and hurdles that you had to hop over to make you into the person that you are today. Your entrepreneurship has not devalued your belief in education. <laughs> Alright, so Y'all I told you this is gonna be your best podcast interview. Y'all are Funny, okay? Funny. I love it here. <laughs> ready? Born ready. It's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. It's Wednesday. It's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. This song is appropriate for my guest this week. Let's go. We're gonna do it just like this. What's up, family? It's your boy Elgin. You tuned into the Just Elgin podcast, the hottest podcast to ever get the airways. I'm super excited. I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. First, before we get started, let me get a round of applause to everybody that tuned in to last week's episode. Uh, thank you so much for all the comment, all the reviews, uh, all the support, all the love. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're taking care of the Patreon family like we should, so make sure you go subscribe if you want to get the raw, unedited, and real episodes. We talk about everything. Everything? Everything. Before we get started, I have to say this. The reviews, the views, opinions of this podcast reflect no one except myself. (laughs) I have a lot of clients, a lot of great organizations that I am affiliated with or support, and I do not want to infringe on their reputation or their credibility by the satire and comedic comedic views of this podcast. Sound like you've been listening to that that's law. That sound like you've been listening, bro. Okay. You know, I'm learning. I see you, Durante. Let me just jump right in, man. I <laughs> hey, hey. Tune in to That's Law Podcast each and every Thursday. By tomorrow morning, you're gonna be working in Alaska. So dress warm. That's Law Podcast, another great podcast on the Just Elgin Media Network. Tune in every week. It's a business law podcast. Learn about business. Learn about the law of business, entrepreneurship. It is for creatives and entrepreneurs. Check it out. Uh, Without further ado, let me introduce my guests. I'm at the gathering spot Um, working with my cousin, Troy, and I get out the car, see a sister. You know, it's getting that time of year. 
You know what I'm saying? This is what I call the fashion time of year. Like we get to dress. You know what I'm saying? Throughout the summer, you throwing white tee, you throwing shorts, you chilling. But in that winter, that fall, you get the dress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we skipped the whole fall because of COVID. So this first time we seeing niggas really getting dressed again. So it's why I stood out. So Shawty got the trench coat on. And you know, you see the trench coat, everybody can't rock it. You know what I'm saying? But she is rocking it like Olivia Pope herself. Damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She looking like a real boss. So I said, Hey, I, I said, I love your style. But I just let her keep riding. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool like that. Compliment. Keep it going. Then I'm in the gathering spot working for about an hour. Have to go to the restroom. Turn the corner. Boom. Same trench coat. On the phone this time working. So y'all know me. The universe be like talking to me. I talk about this all the time. And I let it ride. I was like, man, again, I love your style. Let her go to the restroom. Didn't say nothing about it. Working at gathering spot for another hour, hour and a half. Finally decide to leave. Me and Troy in the parking lot talking. See the same trench coat again. I said, okay. So it was the trench coat. Huh? It was the trench coat. Trying to be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> trench coat is cold. For that ass. <laughs> so. Uh, but nah, just great energy. Great. I mean, y'all feel it. Y'all, if you're on YouTube, shout out to YouTube family. You see how beautiful she is. Uh, so, Perfect. so, you know, I was like, yo, what's your name? What you do? And we just start talking. And then she was like, yeah, I'm a, I have a nonprofit. I teach financial literacy to young people. I also teach people how to start their own vending machine business. Now, didn't y'all hear me talk about me doing my vending machine? <laughs> Dick to the craze, dick to the craze. What other song I'm doing about? It was recent. It was recent. Very recent. Right after Vegas. Exactly. So I said, I'm about to start a vending machine. So I'm like, dang, okay, universe. You never feel me. Damn. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to the great, the intelligent, absolutely beautiful Miss K. Thank you. That is such an introduction. Wow. I don't know if I can really. I, I live up to all of it, don't get me wrong. Come on. But I'm like, okay, that is amazing. And no lie here, guys. It was like the three times. The first time I saw, I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. The second time we came around the corner at the same time, I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Hey, you. Hey, again. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm walking out of the gathering spot, and I see him again. And I'm a person of belief that everything happens for a reason as well. So I def- did definitely think that there was a reason for us to come together. Nonetheless, we're here now. Not even a week later, so everything happens for a reason, and I'm very glad to be here. What she don't know is I was following her like Joe on YouTube on Netflix. Oh my gosh, y'all, this guy, sir, 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 bring me that entrepreneur. Yeah. All right. Man, let's get right into it. <laughs> Thank you for being here, for real. Uh, like you said, less than a week, and you know how you know how black folk do. Yo, let let, let connect, let connect. Yeah, yeah, I'm fuck with you, I'm fuck with you, and it, it never happened. That is very true. So you know, for a us lot to of black people like that, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> for us to say we're gonna connect in less than a week later, we're coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to the amazing partner in crime. I want to give her a shout out, Emily. <laughs> Definitely dope. Mich- One of the best. 
Michelle is dope. Michelle is super professional. Like Michelle gave me a calendar for my podcast. <laughs> she, gave, she gave me a, a calendar invite, you know. And I, I want, I want popcorn chips. Uh, she wants to go to brunch. She wants Skittles, but remove all the green. Like I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, okay. Shawty is for real, but I, hey, I appreciate they were here on time. They were prompt. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Michelle gets the job done. Hey, Michelle we, is definitely the magic behind everything for sure. Michelle, I pay you double. Oh, you can't afford her. I can't. Mm-mm. Probably right. She has a lot of perks. <laughs> <laughs> you probably right. Uh, to the YouTube family that's out there, before we jump into this interview, um, the canvas is blank. Normally our banner is here, but we are calling on local Atlanta artists mm. who want to create our centerpiece that would be in the middle of our podcast. That would be for multiple shows, something that reflects the culture of who we are. So I just want to let you know, insert your art here. Boom. And uh, tag your favorite artist. Let us know. That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, yeah. We want to support the art scene. And we ain't asking you to do it for free either. We're going to pay you. Mm. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. A little cash. A little cash. Let's get into it. Speaking of cash, we here with you. Talk to us, man. How did you become the expert, the teacher, the coach that you are? Go to me from the very beginning. When did entrepreneurship spark you? Wow. Um, I was 10 years old. Nice. Sitting in a hair salon. How old are you now? Saturday. I'm 23. 23. Yes. Great age. <laughs> Jordan year. Yes, it is. It's been a great year so Half far. Half plus too. seven. There we go. <laughs> yes. So I was 10. I hear you, Key. We, I'm not about to go there with y'all. We were, I was 10. Um, I was sitting in my aunt's hair salon and she, um, we were there every Saturday. I hated it. Um, my mom, we would wake up, (laughs) go straight to the hair salon. We would be there all day long. So like my whole Saturday was gone because I'm waiting. We got our hair done last because of course, you know, we're the niece and the aunt. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So we went through all (laughs) of the hairstyles. Then I had to wait till the end. So I'm like, what can I be doing to utilize my time? Um, I used to love playing like computer games, like little story, little games, all those little things, right? <laughs> shout out, shout out. Damn. Shout out to that This was the time where the um, Wi-Fi was on like the USB. So sometimes they didn't always bring it with them. So I would have to find other things to do. So I learned how to crochet. Damn. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to crochet. Um, so I would make crochet bracelets, crochet necklaces, crochet purses, and then the ladies at the salon would buy them from me. Um, it was really lit because I had my own little store within the shop. Um, so that was my very first time becoming an entrepreneur. And after that, it was just endless. When I was 14, I threw parties, teen parties, $2 Tuesday, $5 Friday. You were that it. girl. I was that girl. Oh, I had a party man. group. Everybody you know, know, man. The girl, <laughs> what was the name of the party group? Rock Girls. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many of y'all was it? Oh, it was a lot of us. And we actually like filtered through seasons too. So I was like managing groups back then. Um, I had me a business partner. She was my co-CEO. I was the CEO. We were 14, y'all. And I would bring like $300 out every night. Well, I know y'all, y'all had the niggas showing up. What? It was amazing. What? So it's, it was here in Atlanta? You're from Atlanta? No, I'm from Durham, North Carolina. 
Hey, we fuck with them. We fuck with them. So that that means you were really winning because this shit in the country. Right, right. So now right. you make a country. I'm a country nigga, so I already understand what's happening right we here. We had nothing else to do but that. What? Um, unfortunately, a lot of our parties got shot up at the end, so we had to stop. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, country. I, but, I get it. Yeah, you know, while we had fun, we had a lot of it. All right, cool. So you're you're in high school. You're throwing parties. You're doing your thing. You you're the man. Um, post high school, where you at? I moved to Atlanta when I was 17. I left home at 16. Um, I was working full time. I graduated high school a semester early so that I could work full time to save up to move here by May. So I graduated in January. I worked 40 hours a week until May, saved up all my money and drove down here. And I've been here ever since. So you graduated at 16? I graduated at 17. I left home at Damn. 16. Mm-hmm. So why why Atlanta? What made you so? <laughs> um, I love when people ask me this. You know how when you're in like elementary school and they say, "Where do you want to be in five years?" Well, I thought my I want to be Atlanta. <laughs> right, right. Look, I thought my five years was like closer than it seemed, y'all. But no, no, no. It was actually <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> y'all stop. The five years, it wasn't like that. It was like, they asked you what you want to be, where you want to be in five years. But for me, it was fifth grade. They asked us, where did you want to go to middle school? Where did you want to go to high school? And where did you want to go for college? Um, So I wrote for middle school. I let them know where I wanted to go. For high school, I said I wanted to go to early college. And then in college, I actually wanted to go to Clark Atlanta. Um, I ended up getting accepted into Clark Atlanta. But because I left home at 16 and I didn't have that parental financial assistance, I could not afford the their, um, it's like a out of state tuition. Not only their out of state tuition, but they wanted me to pay like four hundred dollars just to hold my spot, and I'm mm. like, I can't do that. You know, Dang. it wasn't going towards my books. It wasn't going towards registration. I'm like, all right. Then I applied to Georgia State, got in, and I am a graduate of Georgia State. I'm a strong believer hey. that Georgia State graduates more African Americans than any HBCU in Georgia. So I'm a big advocate for them. Did Drake pay your tuition? He did not. Okay, I've be, I be, I been wanting to meet that girl Drake we're talking about for a long time. Now hold on. I'm not going to fall for that conspiracy because you're not going to give us that Georgia State propaganda. What happened was you did not talk to somebody from Clark because they don't charge you to hold your spot. That was somebody from Georgia State uh, trying to get you to come to, to Georgia me State. To come already. <laughs> Damn. I, that I could know be a that. conspiracy I, theory, though. Seriously. All right, look, all right, because look, what HBC don't charge you to hold a spotlight? I never heard that. No, it wasn't. I don't know if it was hold your. It was something. No, it sounds it sound fishy. It yeah, fishy. it was like four hundred dollars, but nothing went towards anything. Yeah. I want to say had no parents either. Yeah, no, yeah. it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, this four hundred dollars. Yeah. And they said, do it with a green dot card. They said you got to pay with a green dot. Money grand. Hey, look, you met him on the. Hey, look, money grand. Go to Walmart. She was emailing on the Clark Atlanta Instagram page. So you go to Georgia State. What mm-hmm. you study? I study human learning and development with a concentration in child learning and behavioral disabilities. So what did you want to do? I <laughs> Started, I started off wanting to be a speech therapist. Um, then I became licensed as a behavioral therapist working with kids with autism, practicing applied behavior analysis, and I found my passion through that. And I said, forget speech language pathology. I'm where I need to be. Mm, I know a couple of speech pathologists, so, mm. um, 
I dated shit that that's what she did. That's when I found out what it was. Mm-hmm. We have. I'm not. Gonna I didn't want to sound dudes. stupid. She was like, "I'm a speech pathologist." I'm like, "Oh, that's what's up." She said, "You know what that is?" I was like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> <laughs> speech Google. Right. So I'm googling that motherfucker. So, all right. Uh, so did you do anything with that? Like, so are you doing anything with that? Oh now? yeah. So I was a um, behavior therapist for four years. Um, I'm actually getting my master's in applied behavior analysis now. I'll be done January fifteenth. Actually, I'll be watch walking the stage January fifteenth. I'll be done December eighteenth. That's the last submission for the assignment at eleven fifty nine. So you um, where you at school now? St. Joseph's University, okay. Philadelphia. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. So, look, whiz kid here. I am something like that. I'm very nerdy, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so talk to me about this journey. So you're in school. You're like a genius. You are very focused, right? That's what I hear. I hear focus, but then how does the passion for financial literacy for youth come in? Let's Let's talk about that. Okay, so um, it actually started when I went to a three-day seminar. Um, it was with a billionaire. He had it was like a stock, con- you know, like conference type of thing. I was scrolling on social media. I probably was on the internet though, um, and I was looking out how to start getting into the stock market. Um, and this ad popped up about a free scholarship for this program for three-day clinic. It was in Georgia. I'm like, okay, cool, sign up. So I signed up for it. I ended up getting it. Um, so they sent me the email, um, and they told me everywhere that I needed to go for the three days. It was actually in Peachtree Corners, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. <laughs> It was really dope. Um, so I was like, I could tell I was the youngest one in there. Um, I met people from Canada. I met people from South Africa, from Australia, people who paid like 200, no, $2,500 for the ticket alone to be there to learn this knowledge from this man. And I had got it from just simply reaping from the benefits from doing Google research and it popping up on my phone. I'm simply sliding in your DM yeah. on Instagram. Oh, whatever. <laughs> hey, well, I was about to say, did you put the uh, picture with the application? I did not. <laughs> So you get two tickets, goddamn. So actually, I did get two tickets. <laughs> Michelle came with you. No, Michelle did not come. Damn, with me. that was years ago. Actually, yeah, that was like four years ago. Um, and when I went to it, the very last day of the clinic, we went to his house. Um, and he showed us his ranch. He showed us. <laughs> Y'all get on my nerves. Y'all get on my nerves. Y'all get on my nerves. Y'all annoying. Yes, so we went to his house and it was like a almost like a picnic in a way, but we had it in his ranch. He had showed us his polo horses, um, like the lake that you pass going to his house. And it was very inspirational. Why? Because this man is teaching us the game to the stock market. He's teaching us stocks, options, and bonds. And I'm like, you know what? Enough people don't have access to information like this, let alone, you know, okay, yes, I'm here because of this man. But imagine if I started hosting seminars and I started hosting webinars and I started bringing people together for meetups for financial literacy to start teaching them Forex because Forex is a real market. Um, the way they just teach it can be used through a pyramid scheme, not lying. But I can teach you how to get in with your demo account and learn the trends. It's very important to know the trends <laughs> so that you can learn it yourself and you can go out and be a stock market boss just like everybody else. Let me say this. One, I'm loving you. 
and, and I knew this when I first met you. Like I'm, I'm never wrong. Until three months later. Let them know. Where the pips at, Mark? Where the pips at? You ain't saying nothing but a word on the like, So, 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 but let me just say what I love about your generation. And, and I'm, we're all in the same generation, but it's levels, mm-hmm. if it makes sense. So what we did, me and Keith, we sparked that entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Like I remember graduating in class of 2008, saying you were an entrepreneur was not fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't go to school. I was a full time entrepreneur, and that meant you was a fucking bum in 2008. Mm-hmm. By the time 2012, my graduating class graduated college. That was when Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of high school. Bill Gates, all, I mean, dropped out of college. Bill Gates, every, everybody, these billionaires start saying you don't need college to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. So my generation started the entrepreneurship. What I love about y'all, y'all seen where we were at. And y'all just think way even bigger. Like niggas wasn't at 23 talking about flipping houses. Like I love Mark. Mark, all he do is talk about flipping houses and real estate. Forex stock market. So I love the progression of the entrepreneur mindset that's happening. Man, I always tell Mark, I love Mark because he's a full-time entrepreneur. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Back in the day, like you said, if you did that back in our day, you When I did but- that shit, I was a fuck. Like, bro, I'm t- I, yeah. I'm, this is a true story. I remember telling all the, because same thing. Younger, like when I tell you, I told y'all I was a non-profit ninja. Mm-hmm. That because when I came out of high school, I started my non-profit. Mm-hmm. So I went to all those seminars. I was the youngest person in the room. Yeah. I read, like, these ain't books I just read to cover. I read these books. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, it's a, I read the cover of that first one. I ain't gonna lie. I don't lie on my podcast. That first somebody gave it to me. I ain't read it yet. <laughs> what, you, what you said was true though. Like just, you know, to cut in real quick, it's just like, it's sparked from y'all. Cause when I got out of high school, I got into college coming off of that trouble that I was in, but I got some, got around some OGs. They was making bread. They was in the party scene. They was throwing parties every weekend. Four or five days a week, I seen the most money I had ever seen at the mm-hmm. time. So it was like that was sparked ever since then. I'm like, I ain't working no job with my homies just making money like this. That party scene, uh, we came up in multi level marketing, like the old yeah. Yeah. The coffee, and, uh, like YTB, uh, YTB, YTB. Yeah. Nigga, you uh, took yeah. over that coffee, bro. Yeah, so, so hey, I'm, I'm gonna tell you too. Mary that K, is why Mary our K. generation don't really fuck with 4X because we came from Primerica. We seen all this multi-level shit where right. niggas, but it was some niggas making money. Mu- but no, exactly. we, 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 we understand that, but truth be told, Primerica is misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Truth be told. Right. You know what I'm saying? But what happens is it's one, it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So they be so excited to get people on. Yeah. It's like, it's almost they like. They forget the purpose. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying about what I did with Wall Street Juniors. I'm trying to remind people of the purpose, the purpose of investing into your community. Community just as much as investing into your bank account right. that is the wealth like people yes it's a play on words wall street juniors people think oh you're just teaching people the stock market no i'm teaching people that you invest into your mind and your heart and then you start investing into your pockets Boom. dope and that's what it is so it's it's like this it's like religion <clears throat> so some people are not christians not because they really don't fundamentally believe what christianity is they learn from someone that taught it wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it just completely turned them off. Mm-hmm. I was sup- completely turned off from Primerica until I dated Claire. Claire did Primerica full time and she was getting fucking bread. Mm. And she broke that shit down what it really was. Mm. And it made me like, oh, I could reconsider 
even being a part of this. But the person that put me on was one of those people that was just like, oh, you, you can make a million dollars. You do it part time. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? All that bullshit. So like, I love what you're talking about because you're breaking it down in a way that's attractive. Culturally competency is a big thing as well. Like you can't, what it was for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Yes, I'm in the Forex. I'm learning, but I have to charge somebody $200 a month to people just so I can be up. So I have to sit high to look low. No, I don't like that theory. So what I started to think about was, okay, how can we bring people in mutualistic areas? We can be in a space like this. I can tell you, hey, look, this is what I know. This is literally all I know. I'm giving you everything I know. If you know more, share that with me. If you've seen it done a different way, let me know. If you have seen someone else do it differently, say that here now. This is a safe space. And before you knew it, I started doing it with multiple programs. We just ended our boot camp yesterday for Vin Like a Boss. And they were like, no, your open discussion method is what makes it the best because people hold out on so much information from other people. And that's where we're losing people. People who look like us, People who sound like us, people who walk like us are not doing the things that we're doing or walking in the light that we're walking in because we're not shining the light on them after the light has already shined on us. Mm. And that's the problem. Damn. I like it. Um Tell the people the name of your nonprofit and yeah, your mission, all that stuff. Yes, Wall Street Juniors Incorporated. We are geared towards teaching financial literacy to increase generational wealth in underserved communities. I got so what's your target? Like who's your target demo? Who do you typically talk to? Underserved communities, which is all of us. Anyone who has not been exposed to this information okay. prior to having a conversation with me. Like what age group though? Zero to a hundred. <laughs> not literally, but I start at pre-K as far as like teaching them these concepts. I used to be a pre-K teacher. Okay. Um, and I implemented it in one of my classes. Yeah, man, what you ain't did? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? For real, for real. Now, I, I, Cause I asked that. Motherfucker said like, she's 23. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I was getting into. Like, hey, you're 23. You hey. get like pushed back because of your age. Like, do people say you're so young and like, I, I can't. I used to go through that. Now. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't trying to just cap. I can identify with your, mm-hmm. your, your journey mm-hmm. for real Absolutely. for real because i been that, one one. i was that young i was that young nigga that was doing shit way mm-hmm. before like i started my mentoring us i started my mentoring program mentoring high school student the, the year i graduated yeah. so i graduated in 08 i'm going back to mlk high school in Lithonia mentoring seniors mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? i've had parents like give me so much kickback because i don't have kids so how can I tell you right. about how you can financially build for your family or how can I tell you how to budget for your kid or how can I tell you about being this influence or aspiration or even sparking interest for your kid and I don't have kids. So how do you push through? So you don't have kids? No, I don't. Oh. I, have a, I have a lot of nonprofit kids. Um, I used to say that same shit. But how do I push through? Yeah. Um you just put purpose over pride. Mm. Um, and you know the demons that you're dealing with. Um, like my mom, she used to always tell me, just know the devil you're working with. Um, when people ask me, how you doing? Bigger blessings, bigger demons. Um, every day I know as I excel, I'm faced with different, um, challenges. For instance, it went from me arguing, um, with parents about making sure that they're at parent meetings, not arguing, but you know, enforcing that they're at parent meetings to now, um, having conversations with homeowners associations. Um, um, for their neighborhood and making sure that they're implementing the right things in their neighborhood for community development. So like I said, it's different blessings. Tell me this. Tell me about your relationship with your parents. 
Um, my relationship with my parents. So I left home at sixteen. Yeah, cause I, I had breezed over that, mm-hmm. but I I got to go back now because mm-hmm. you just brought me there. Okay. So yeah. Um. Yes, I left home at sixteen. Um. My dad was outside of my home. I lived in a single parent home. Um. My mom and I are actually very close now. She's actually um, my COO for my organization, which is very exciting. Um. Nice. Like I That's said, beautiful. being twenty three, I'm very blessed. Um. I when I was blessed enough to be able to put myself on payroll, I made sure that I put my co founder as well as my mother on payroll as well because they've been here on this journey with me since the very beginning through the trenches through me going back and forth every weekend from Georgia to North Carolina six hours six hours back and them waiting for me to make it back or you know just different things like that so I just wanted to shower them with as much love as I could Um, my mom and I came from a very very hard relationship a brutal relationship growing up Um, but Blessings. 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 Brought her back. So did your mom teach you financial literacy or have you found yourself having to expose your mother? to this information yes i am very much so exposed my mother to this information um i watched my mom get up for a very long time and go to a job even now she's been working there over 20 years and doesn't make 20 dollars an hour i couldn't fathom that thought growing up because i saw you working as a single mother not knowing that you know when i came home as the only child i'm like mom play with me mom do this with me mom do that with me Mm. mom is tired Mom just worked for Duke for eight hours. She don't have it in her because she on the computer. Yeah, she on the computer. She's doing this. She's doing that. Um, Then by the time she get home, she just want to sit back, watch the stories and go to bed, you know. But see, me, eager kid, I want to talk. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, And I just, it, it caused me to resent her. Um, because she didn't have the time, because she didn't have the energy, but it also made me lean on my grandmother even more. Um, it's funny you ask because my mom and I had a conversation, um, just now. I just came back from North Carolina yesterday. Um, and she said, you know, you make it seem like I wasn't there because I'm writing a book about my grandmother and I. And she's like, you make it seem like I wasn't there, Michaela. I said, mom, it's not that you weren't there. You were absent, yet present. You were present. You were so present, but absent. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, you can be there. And I didn't want that for my future kids. So that's why I work so hard now, because I believe that the time you put in now is the time that you're able to enjoy later. You're buying your time back. People ask me all the time, you're only 23. Why are you working so hard? Why are you doing all of this? Why are you doing all of that? My clock stops for no one. my best, one of my closest friends when we were 13 was killed in a drive-by. Do you think that somebody said, you 13, go out and play. You got a whole life ahead of you. But she didn't. She didn't. She only had what she had left, which was 13, you know. So, And I believe she lived the 13 best years of her life. But I want to make every second count. So that is how my family dynamic is and why it led me to be the hard worker that I am today. Can I ask you uh, another question? And- yeah. This is a podcast. We're not allowed, so we can always edit it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, did, can you see your father was outside the house? Did mm-hmm. he contribute in any way, like even educational, like drop some gems on you? Or- yes, yes, okay. yes. My dad is, I'm very much like my dad when it comes to analytics. So my dad is the scientist. He likes to read. He likes to research, Um, all of those things. So I definitely know that that's where my analytic part comes from. Thank you. Um, his name's Steve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes, yeah, so he um definitely gave me that, especially like the black history aspect. We even go on debates all the time, like about different things. Um, so that is my dad. Um, and he was also when I left home at sixteen, he actually was my confidant. Um, he was the person who I ran to. He it was like when my mom wasn't there, he became my mom. Um, in a way. Um, yeah. So he became your dad. No, he became, after I, like, me and my mom weren't talking when I turned 16, cause I left home at 16 due to some family issues. Um, so, and he so, stepped in, he stepped in yeah. And so he, he was in Atlanta? No, I was still in, um, Durham. So when I left home at 16, um, he actually would pick me up from high school, take me to work, and then pick me up from work and take me to my new apartment. Nigga, that's a dad. That ain't a mom. <laughs> Duh, but what I'm saying at the time. I know, I know. Yeah, cause Y'all, I really but y'all, everybody listen to the podcast. Know we be going in for the brothers. So, uh, I just had to stay no, true no, to no. brand. That's but that's, it's like he played that role, you know, like yeah. what in a way where you don't typically see the black dad in the home. You know, he picked me up from school every day, took me to work, took me from work back home. Um, sometimes I'd be like, Dad, I forgot my lunch. Well, really, I ain't forget my lunch. I ain't had no money for no lunch. So he would pull up with the lunch, you know. <laughs> shout but, out, yeah. shout out to dad, shout out to mom, shout out to the whole family. Yeah, they, they. Uh, I can tell, man, I always, I always tell people you can't appreciate the sweetness of the fruit without respecting the tree. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you definitely come from, uh, great roots. Absolutely. Even if they are not perfect roots. Mm-hmm. We don't need to come from perfect roots. Uh, and that's what makes you, like, I hate when people say you're, I'm a born leader. You're not. You're a leader based on the obstacles that, and hurdles that you had to hop over to make you into the person that you are today. Um, we're not born leaders. We didn't come out of the womb saying, you know what, today I'm going to lead. No. Right. The leader is based off, you have to learn how to follow in order to know how to lead. All right. Fast forward. Mm-hmm. Boom. So, throwing high school parties. Throwing high school parties. Super dope. Getting in trouble in high school too. Yeah, I don't leave that yeah, yeah, getting <laughs> tro- yeah, I mean, Dang. yeah, I mean, rock girls—they don't sound, <laughs> they don't sound respectable. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we were cute. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, you doing the rock girl thing. You go to Georgia State. You become the one of the biggest uh, uh, psychiatrists, therapists, whatever you're doing. You doing that right? You're killing it. Graduate, teaching financial literacy, doing your thing. One day. You hungry, you go to a vending machine, mm-hmm. and you say, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about the vending machine expertise. The vending machine expertise. So I actually got the first vending machine for one of the students in Wall Street Juniors. Um, my friend who I just told you about who was killed when we were 13, it was actually for her little brother who is one of the kids in Wall Street Juniors. He's actually a founding kid. When I founded the organization, I wanted to make sure they had just as much authority in the organization as well. So they are founders too. Um, and Mari, he actually has a business called Man of All Trades. So majority of our kids, they have their own kid-ran business or they affiliate with another kid-ran business. Um, when the pandemic hit us, a lot of our kid-ran businesses had to either be revised or we had to like really revamp them in their entirety. For Mari, he was used to like doing things like selling um, snacks at concessions. He was used to doing things like washing cars or he was about to actually start mowing lawns. And for him, I'm like, all right, Mari, um, 
your majority of your business is service based and we can't service people right now because we in a pandemic so what I did was I gave all the kids a list of like pandemic proof businesses <laughs> and we went down the list and vending was on there and I really didn't think any of the kids was gonna take heed to it y'all I'm like okay I see that on there but them kids ain't gonna want no vending machine I kept going right so when he said oh yeah I want a vending machine I want a vending machine I'm like okay you gonna really use it because you saying it, i'm about to get it now don't play with me right so where did the money come from to get it like do you do they <laughs> fundraise it you just put it out of your pocket oh yeah the first year three years we only had money that was coming out of my pocket um okay. i actually worked three jobs so i was a hookah girl so i would work all night and then i would drive to north carolina with my tip money um and yeah i used i saved my tips to get my first vending machine for Mari. Um, we went down to North Carolina. I actually had a friend who had a studio for music and photography for podcasts, um, which was utilized 24 seven. So we put our very first machine there and it's actually still there, but now it's, um, the space, the tenant there now is a mechanic. Nice. That's beautiful. Can you give a round of applause yes, for that? He deserves, he deserves a couple now. So, um, so what do you, so when that one was successful, you just wanted to teach other people how to do it. So talk to people about that for Ooh. people that's out there. Cause again, yeah. this is what caught me. Cause I've been talking about doing the vending machine mm-hmm. and, and you don't got to give you a course. I ain't no, 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 that's fine. No, no. So normally what I, this is what I typically talk about um, with people who are interested in vending and that is kind of how it went. But so that machine was solely for the nonprofit. That was for the kids to learn. That's for other people who want to learn through mentorship as well. Um, and then I came back to Atlanta and I'm like, okay, that was cool. That was cute. I survived. Like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Let me get some. So I found a location here. Um, that's when I actually got two machines. I got excited. I'm like, one's not enough. I need two, right? So the location, she said, yeah, we want snacks and drinks. So I went out. I got a combo sale. Like, I got two for one. It wasn't a combo machine, but it was two for one. So I go pick up the machines. Great. I get a couple movers, um, some friends that I thought were going to be able to move the machine. Never have your friends move your machine. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. So we got to the location. We got everything moved in. Um, and the lady the next day told me that she doesn't think it's enough space for the drink machine and they only wanted to keep the snack machine. A lot of investment. Uh, not even just the investment because both of my machines were only 1400 It wasn't, that was great, okay? It was the fact of the matter that I had already had the movers mm. moving in and it was already a hassle getting that. The drink machine was the worst part. The snack machine was okay. It was the drink machine that almost killed them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, no, you're telling me we got to go through this again? <laughs> so I ended up hiring some professionals um and getting the machine out but where am i gonna put this machine this big old hefty machine so i had to get storage for it so now i'm paying rent for a machine that's not making me any money because it's not in a location um that was a huge turnoff for me for vending um it was a very 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 big kind of like stiff arm type of thing for me um and i sat in it for a little while after that i'm like oh i'm about to sell this machine it's cool let's flip it let's do this let's do that um and i had to really shake it off and get back started um i actually kind of reverted after that but not reverted in a way where i went back i actually started from the beginning and i bought me some candy machines 
because I thought I needed some more training. Um, because obviously, if I just went into this space and this lady telling me that I didn't do my due diligence, she didn't tell me that. I realized as a self-reflection that what I could have done differently after I learned a little bit more about vending, she asked for snacks and drinks. Guess what? I can provide that with one machine instead of two. Mm-hmm. Or I could have scored her space prior to saying, okay, great. Let me go get the machines for you. Right. I could have used a tape measure and been like, okay, you have the length and width of this, da, 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 da. I can fit this here. And then I would have known. And that's actually what I teach in the course is your due diligence. And that's what it takes to vent like a boss. Um, and that's our slogan, vending like a boss. So, How many vending machines you got? How many vending machines do you have? I have. You tell them how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> tell them how to talk. <laughs> Obviously, she don't know who podcast you on. <laughs> how many I you got, Charlotte? On over. Well, I have 23. I say 23. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. I have over 15 candy <laughs> locations. Um, and then I have some vending machines out in North Carolina. And I'm actually about to launch a fresh vending machine coming soon. I, I like that. I like that. Let's shout out to that. Now, um, let me ask you this because you uh, talked about the Wall Street Juniors, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I have a couple of Wall Street Juniors myself. Okay. So um, what advice do you have out there for the uh, 10-year-old young lady out there that wants to be an entrepreneur? My daughter, she like saves the hell of bread. She doesn't save about $500. Oh, wow. Um, so we're trying to get her into something. She wants to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice do you have for that? And then my son, he's 11, a um, little lazy. Um, he's probably listening to but what advice would you have for him proper planning prevents poor performance ppp okay plan now so you can prevent poor performing later so what your 10 year old is doing absolutely amazing she has what i like to call your operating budget she mm. is saving to operate in her fullest capacity your 11-year-old, he might be planning without you even knowing. So sometimes you just got to give different individuals grace and just let them plan accordingly. And can you, um, like, investing-wise, mm-hmm. is it difficult for a 10-year-old to learn about investing and, you know? They're sponges. Oh, my gosh. They are the most eager ones, um, yeah. honestly. My kids, they'll call me. One of them, he called me yesterday. The same one I'm telling you about right now, Mari. He called me. He, he actually... We had an event for book bags. We get over 100 book bags every school year, and we gave them out. When we were dispersing them, we actually had a snow cone machine as well to give out snow cones to the kids, concession. So whenever we do stuff like that, the kids learn job development through customer service and man in the fort. Um, and they came up to me, <laughs> all of the kids, y'all. They like, um, we have a business proposal for you. We would like to invest and start a group business for concession. I said, okay. And just last week while I was there, um, I actually bought them a snow cone machine. So it all starts from an idea. You just have to kind of like spark their interest, see what they're interested in. Um, the only thing that I like to tell people now, because one mistake that I did make, and it's not a big mistake. Um, I had, for instance, like my younger kids, they were seven and I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? They're like slime and kinetic sand. Okay, great. Start them a slime and kinetic sand business. Here we are now. They're last year. (laughs) Slime and kinetic kinetic sand. sand. That's, you know, that's what kids love, right? So we. Mm-hmm. What, what? So why didn't that work? 
It did work. Okay. It worked very well until she went to middle school and now she doesn't care for Simon Kinnison. You see what I'm saying? So just make sure you have business models that even if they don't care about it anymore, it can still sustain. And like I tell my kids now, you're still going to get royalties mm-hmm. from that regardless if you don't want to or do sell it or not. You know? And that's actually what we're implementing this year with the kid-ran businesses. Because their kids, their interest sparks in so many different things and it changes, um, we're actually going to make it where they can either do community service hours to buy back their business from us, or they can either sell their business to a other another student. Oh, you got any kids in a Diddy contract? Like, you own their masters? No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just teaching them, though. <laughs> you can buy back these masters. No, no, I was yeah. messing with you. Um, that, it's at home. Oh, my last question, because you know I got one more. Um, for a, a, a seventh month old, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what Wall Street Junior tip do you have for that? Yeah, that's a good okay. one. I got a so, one. I mean, one year old, yeah. so that's the mm-hmm. same thing. Penny penny banks. Start with those now, okay. right? So piggy banks, excuse me, I said penny banks. Oh, I was about to say banks. we just need a penny. No, no, no. My son if you listening, I'm sorry. Need one penny. <laughs> but it starts with that. That's still money. Um and I would really just start teaching them now um how to win with you. So for instance, showing your little boy if even if you just get a candy machine and put it in girl. your house, you know, like putting it in your house. Oh, little girl. Yeah. If you have a little girl, putting your little putting a candy machine in your house and showing her like, all right put a quarter in here you crank it up now you get a piece of candy now mm. she's gonna start wondering where are you getting that quarter from what yeah. is that silver thing that's that good. gets me this reward that's you good. see what i'm saying that's and that's when you Don't start like reading that. books read books read financial literacy kid books to these kids mm. um we actually have what we call readers banks and there are little free libraries where we put financial literacy and personal development books for free for people to have access to them um they're actually a file cabinet the bottom drawer has children books the second one has financial literacy the third is personal development and then the fourth is adult literature oh. so um yeah start going to we'll have Three coming very soon to the Atlanta, Georgia area. So you guys can stop by there and get your kids some books and read like Curious George saves coins for bananas. You see what I'm saying? And now you're painting that picture for them where they're like, oh, look, Mm -hmm. Curious George bought bananas with his coins. That's how daddy buys groceries for you. Um, But yeah. So and say it like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. What do you think about like as a parent? investing in a stock or some type of um you know something that's going to grow over time for your child and if so like which stocks would you recommend I say that that is called generational wealth mm-hmm. and I absolutely do um, recommend that do it in stuff that you know that your kids like so for instance um and this is like it's hard to say for like your younger kids mm-hmm. right now right but Disney Places that have perks, you know, for you as a shareholder, um, hotels, you know, stuff like that, where you can take them on adventures and you can take them and you can say, you know what? We own a portion of this company, sweetheart. We're actually shareholders in this company as we walk through the hotel. You see what I'm saying? That's dope. What about Bitcoin? Bitcoin is definitely emerging. I don't have as much information on Bitcoin. Um, I don't like to speak on things that I'm not... Um, Classified as an expert in the crypto <laughs> market. For a the crypto market is bullish. <laughs> she ready for a podcast? It's going. It's going up. It's um, going down. Uh, all right, boom, boom. So you are this amazing financial uh, coach. Uh, you are vending like a boss for sure. And you building. Talk to people out there that's building. 
how do you make your first hire? How do you build your team? Let's talk about how Michelle got here. Hmm. You have to be <laughs> ready. Everybody can't lead a team. Um, I know for myself, I, I made an attempt to have people on my team in the beginning and I wasn't there as a leader, like strength wise, mentally. Um, talk about that. Okay. So it's kind of goes back to what I said previously in order to be a good leader, you have to know how to follow. Um, I was so used to being the leader that I was not accustomed to like allowing other people to guide me within my business. Um, and that's actually what I teach my clients now is being able to delegate delegate is that's a it's a growing pain in a business right when you are like okay my business can sustain without me being here okay you know and I really had to step into that phase and really be ready for it um before I wasn't now I am and to know that that I'm able to delegate and actually let her handle tasks and know and trust that it's going to get done to the best ability um but also knowing that you are uh, capable for training um, because when you bring people on, you can't just say, Hey, here's your work, get it done. And then be mad when they don't get it done to your expertise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is how that took place. So how do I hire? I, now where did you find her? Where did I find her? Um, a mutual friend actually referred her and we met each other through that mutual friend. And then we ended up actually doing business together. She reached out to me about getting her kids involved with wall street juniors at first. Um, and that was really cool. And every time she kind of contacted me, we were always missing each other. Um, then it was almost like fate when we finally started working together and she let me know she had been a medical assistant. I'm like, okay, girl, I see you. I think this could work. Um, and, I've tested her a couple times, not going to lie. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> it is not, this job is not for the week, okay? <laughs> Listen, and she's very strong and she walks well into it. That's what's up. Where Rita? I don't know. I ain't heard from her. She tried them. I ain't heard back. Please keep your heads down. Keep You're your so mouth stupid. shut. Up. Get us out of this. Like I got us out of every other motherfucker house. I can't stand them, Michelle. <laughs> All right, so y'all I told you it's gonna be your best podcast interview. Y'all are funny. Okay, yeah. anyway, I love it here. <laughs> stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, so boom, I'm getting to all of it. Today. I see. Um, hit me with it. What's next? You're great. You're killing it. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? You're a boss. Your daughter, your friend. How it? How do you balance the work? And love life. What is it to date a boss? Hmm. How has that been going for you? It's very interesting. Um, my boyfriend is actually a boss too. Um, so him nice. and his family own and manage Fin and Feathers restaurants. Um, so very they familiar. have multiple locations. So I think it's just a matter of you just being there for each other um, through your boss antics. That's what I like to call it um, because it gets a little crazy on this end. (laughs) So, for instance, um, I can be up all night long working on my stuff, let alone me working on papers and doing research for school. So just having somebody who is going to kind of like be there with you, sit on the couch with you till you're ready to go to the bed. (laughs) All of those things are very important as well as pouring into your business as well, even, and I don't mean that through monetary value. I mean, 
seen that through actually walking that walk with you um, and being in those places when needed and all of those good things. So you think it's better to date a boss or date someone that is more boss supportive? It's a very good question. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask you that, like two entrepreneurs or. Cause I'm an entrepreneur too. So I've had both experience. I've dated the boss. I've also dated the worker. The, the, the worker. Well, the supportive. Yeah. The supportive. The one that's going to be up there with you sitting on the couch. Cause they don't have their own thing that they need to be doing at two, three o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning. They can kind of just support you and chill out with you. See, I, I don't know. How long you and your like dude been together? Um, almost two years. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think we, I think it needs to be equally yoked. Like as an individual, like I know I can look to you for giving me business ideas, but I also know I can look to you to just sit here and be with me while I'm going crazy about these things that are all on my list and just telling me, okay, how about you do this differently? You know, um, and that's support in itself. Um, I think that we also kind of have to be show grace with people who are not ready to be entrepreneurs because it just may not be their time. But if you're modeling that behavior and you're showing them that, and if they're sitting with bosses, they'll soon become a boss. And so you do a good job and and this may be a little, little much, but it's like, how do you balance it? Right. So you do a good job at home and balancing the work and the, we're actually still dating. We still can go out on dates. We still can have a us time where it's no work related at all. Like, how do you kind of manage that? It'd be hard for me to turn it off. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Because everything date, is business. Like, I look at everything. everything. I be I be out and I be like, ooh, I like how they did See, it. That's like, a good business model. <laughs> like, or shit, we can write this off. We have a, a woman boss here, right? And we talk about this on the pod all the time, right? We, us being entrepreneurs. And then if you're dating an entrepreneur or dating somebody who you know, they're okay having a career. Mm-hmm. You know, like in my situation, my show is perfect work career. She's not aspiring to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. so it, it balances out mm-hmm. perfect kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can stay up all night and, now and do see, what I need to do. On the crossing, me and my ex, we were both entrepreneurs and we both were building businesses at the same time and we were both had the same, you know, struggles, like the same ideas, the same all night joints. So it was like, it was hard to turn it off and then we did a lot of work together too. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to turn it off when we needed to turn that off. So it's just kind of like, how do you find that balance where you're able to still enjoy the relationship, but you still got to live your own life? You know what I mean? The woman's perspective. From the woman's a woman's perspective, perspective yeah. um, as a woman, we naturally nurture. So I think that it's kind of like hard for us to just turn that part of us off as well, right? So for me, I'm constantly, even if like, for instance, I'm out on business and I'm at a business meeting, I'm still going to bring you food home. You know what I'm saying? Or if, um, for instance, I'm talking to somebody about business and I know it relates to your business or what you have going on, I'm bringing you up in a conversation. I'm going to get their information for you. Or if I'm meeting with a vendor, for instance, I was in LA and I'm, on fashion district and I see something for you I'm like look this is for your brand you know it doesn't take away from me doing my business or conducting my business while I'm here on fashion district because we at the same vendor talking about two different things but it's being able to kind of like share that um and I think that that comes from having partnership not just a relationship um in business so you just definitely want to be with somebody who's your partner in that or do do you intertwine business I do 
Ooh, I'm not going to lie to you. I do. Um, because I do believe in family businesses. I believe in keeping it in For the sure. family. Um, I believe in that. building an empire. Hey. Um, I believe in building. Hey, great answers. Um, I like that. Next question. I'm going back to your elementary question. Okay. What do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in five years? That's funny. I do this shit, bro. Your favorite podcast is favorite podcast. I love it. Um, I actually see myself finishing my PhD program and finishing my research to decrease the amount of individuals who are welfare dependent. You know what? I want to talk about that research. Yeah. Well. You know what I like about you? Your entrepreneurship has not devalued your belief in education. I like that. Because most people, they do the undergrad, and if they're not necessarily in it, in it, and they're making money without it, I'm like, why well, go back to grad? Mm-hmm. So for you to say, I'm, I don't, I'm about to graduate my grad school and I'm going to my PhD, it's very rare when you see a perfect balance of marriage of both. Mm-hmm. That makes you a unicorn in itself. Thank you. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, I actually just had that very debate and conversation with my mom um, in the car when I was home. And I'm like, Mom, if I stop, it's a part of me that's like, I might not go back. You know, and I'm just being honest. So, like, yeah. yes, I did go to grad. And, yes, I want my Ph.D., but I want my Ph.D. for multiple reasons. My mom, you know, black people, not black people, excuse me. You know people, they like, yeah. <laughs> cut that out. Yeah. You know people, yeah. they'll be like, um, yes, I want to see you as Dr. Booker. And I had to tell her, mom, it's not just about that. Yeah. I want publications. I want to be doing research. I want to actually be in textbooks, you know. I want to be able to sell that as well and get royalties from that because it's now the amount of knowledge that I have that people want to eat receive you know um and i think that that's very important on that phd level because now i've worked so hard to get here yes support me in conducting the remainder of my higher education Mm -hmm. you know um and i love it i love education education was my way out that's how i got here so i know where it's gonna take me She's talking about education like it's rap, boy. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, 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 that's the beautiful thing about it because it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, like, yeah. I feel about this podcast. Yeah. Like, it can, like, at least the, the first undergrad, Absolutely. like, undergrad can get you out the hood. Like, your ass can leave that motherfucker and go it's, somewhere. It's right? access. That's one thing that, like, you know, the graduation, the, the, you know, even the PhD, you just get a new level of access. And with that access, so many, so many more opportunities are Absolutely. open for you. So, yeah, that's dope, man. Thank you. That's dope. Thank you. I like that a lot. So, boom, Dr. K. <laughs> Dr. K. Thank um, you. Where, I mean, you're accomplishing a lot. You're reaching a lot, right? So, um, for you, what's that one thing? If you said before I leave here, this has to happen because it seems like your manifesting game, manifesting game is on point. What's that thing that you know you have to manifest before you leave? I definitely have to start the rent to own program that I want for people who are currently in public housing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. That's actually, it goes with along with the research. So, like I said, it's not something that's going to happen in two years. It may not happen in the five years, but it definitely has a course 
that it has to run. And I think that, like what you just said about certain things, a lot of people don't understand that some things have to run their course. Like, some things just have to run it. For me, it was undergrad for four years. Then it was doing my master's for two years. And now these next five years are going to be able to open doors for other people through the knowledge that I'm going to find. So I definitely know that that's one thing that I have to do by all means and to make sure these kids keep their businesses going. Well, uh, you know, I wish you nothing but blessings on top of blessings. I've definitely enjoyed this conversation. I could go all day, but I know y'all got things to do. Um, can you tell people how they can find you, how they can support you on tomorrow, your courses and all of that? And I will say this, we're going to buy two of her courses, um, to give away to our supporters. So I talked to Michelle and I'll organize how we do that. And we, me and Keith, Mark, we'll figure out how we're going to give it away. Okay, but we definitely want to buy two of your event uh, like a boss courses. Thank you. I do appreciate yeah. that. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that as well. Um, so the way that you guys can get in contact with me, you can follow me on Instagram, K-K-A-Y-L Booker. Or you can also find me on other social media such as Twitter at K the Candy Lady. Um, that's where I drop a lot of vending gems as well. Nice, nice. So can you give any last words just to people out there about being a boss, about chasing their dreams, about living life to the absolute fullest? Can you give us that closing? Yes. Poise, prosperity, and peace. I love it. Um, Again, thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl, for making this happen and getting her here. Thank you, Mark and Keith, for contributing and asking questions. Do y'all got any questions before we close out? I'm kind of... No, I'm good. I'm about to uh, get my kids on this Wall Street Junior. Yes, I love it. Bring me the babies. (laughs) What pair do you like to trade for us? What pair do you like to trade for us? Oh, good question. Oh, that was a good question. Ah. Okay. USD? Um, actually, I do. Oh, the inside. Oh, y'all getting me out here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sign me up. Yeah, right. Get me out of here. Yeah, okay. uh, so look, man, we said this every week. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Elders Podcast. We out. That was so fun. Look, my bitches all bad. My niggas all real. I ride in dick. This is So my looks so kill, I kiss him in the mouth, I feel all grills, heat in the car, that's what's on wheels. Woo! I was born a flex, yes. diamonds on my neck, I like boarding jets, I like more than sex, but nothing in this world that I like more than check.